Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will help you empower, be empowered to grow as that confident leader and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I am excited to finally have Dr. Michelle Gordon as my guest. Let me tell you about her impressive background. Dr. Michelle Gordon ran a multi-million dollar surgical practice from 20, 2005 to 2020 and grew it to five surgeons. She was already burned out from many sleepless nights and the overall lack of empathy for doctors by corporate medicine. All the overnight calls, lack of sleep, and generalized discontent with medicine led to severe overwhelm and burnout. The life as she knew it was no longer sustainable. Then COVID hit and she walked away from her successful practice to recover from burnout and overwhelm. She discovered suffering is optional and it's possible to heal from burnout quickly with the right tools. Dr. Gordon initially focused on menopause in her podcast and business while menopause was a serious disruption for her, she developed a curriculum around that and realized that she didn't care much about the condition. She cared a lot more about personal transformation and behavior change. That caused her to rename her podcast, Launch Your Life, and it's the only mindset podcast that provides weekly actionable insights for lasting happiness and change for high achieving professionals who are ready to bounce back from their burnout. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Michelle Gordon and our topic is turning adversity into blessings. Welcome Dr. Michelle. Thank you for having me. So, um, we always start out with this easy question. Just tell everybody, what part of the country do you call home? So I live in uh, New York. I actually live about an hour north of New York City in Westchester County. Very nice. Very nice. My daughter had an internship in Manhattan, <clears throat> so I got to spend a little bit of time there, but most of my time was spent over in Jersey with mm. uh, UPS when I worked for them. So... How did you finally overcome this burnout that that was described in your bio? It just seemed like it it was so huge. How could you do that? Yeah, it was a it was a big um, it, it, it was a big obstacle. I, I was and and you know even now as I'm focusing more on it and and 
becoming a leader in the burnout space and especially for doctors and surgeons in particular. So yeah. OBGYNs who are surgeons and uh, surgeons who take call. Um, I'm finding that as I re do more research into it, I had, I didn't even recognize all the signs of burnout. And at, when I was building my practice, you know, I just thought, well, this is how you have to do things. <laughs> you have to grow. You know, it was like, it was like, you know, the only way to make it work is to just grow exponentially, which is stupid. Yeah. And so I think one of the first things that really helped me was to get to this understanding of uh, this concept called enough. And we as entrepreneurs, as uh, people who own businesses mm -hmm. really want, you know, there's, there's a lot of push to grow, 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 grow. And if you have consistent revenue, if you have um, a business model that works, there is not really any, nothing necessary to make, you know, you don't have to necessarily grow to a million, 5 million, 10 million, whatever, you know, you, you might just be comfortable with 300,000 yeah. and, mm -hmm. and that can be okay. So that was, that was something, but I think for me, the, the number one thing was to fix my relationship with myself and to kind of figure out and discover the techniques to end negative thoughts. Yeah. Because the negative thoughts are the things that really, really got me down. And when things started not going so well and, and I started realizing that I didn't really love medicine anymore, I... I had a lot of like negativity, like, am I failing? Is this a failure? Because I don't like it anymore. What's going on? And then the pressure of medicine to never make a mistake can be um, brutal. Yeah. And then if, if something happens, um, we can really, we can ruminate and suffer mm -hmm. because of time travel. So getting over mistakes can be very hard when patients' lives are at stake. Right. So I had to I had to learn how to manage that and kind of really forgive myself and start to mm -hmm. love myself in a way that was different. And I had never been told that I was enough. I you know I mean I grew up with a lot of adversity and I and a trauma and I had to come through that to the point where. I realized, well, yeah, I am enough. And all the answers are inside me and all this, the, you know, it sounds cliche, but once you start to really do the work here, yeah. you start to really understand that this is the truth. Yeah. I, I so agree with that. You know, it took me to, I was 50 to um, be able to say, you know, I don't have to be like the men that are managing me. I don't have to be like the, you know, younger women that are competing against me. I'm just happy with me and where I am. And so now the last 15 years has been so wonderful because you take away that burden from yourself. Yeah. And you double down on your quirks. I mean, think, yeah. you know, if you want to blend in and look like everybody else, that that's not so hard, but accepting the things that make you, you, and then doubling mm -hmm. down on them and the uniqueness that you can provide for that. That's, that's what makes a difference. Yeah. And, and being happy with where you are, you know, I do like to push myself to um, outside my comfort zone, but I just look at it as development, but be, I don't, I don't spend too much time in my failures as mm -hmm. I used to. I don't yeah, kind of sink in that withering of 
oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there's this concept um, called the hindsight window that I learned from a guy by the name of Eric Edmeads. Mm -hmm. And when you think about something, things happen and things themselves are neutral. And when we start to assign meaning to things, that's when we, we begin to suffer. So XYZ happened. The sooner that you can get to the point where it's a it's a good like all the good things that are come from it that are going to come from it all of the gratitude that you can find then you you can end your suffering it's hard mm -hmm. like, like even just recently i was telling you before we started recording that my son's been in the hospital for a while and he went in the hospital on february 9th and didn't come out until march 8th so he was in the hospital for over a month and um in that during that hospitalization he almost died and it was really sad and frustrating and hard for me and yeah. helped me realize a couple of things. Like I don't like hospitals and I never really did. And going that, so it, it makes sense. Like why I had so much resistance to going to work every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, because hospitals are not happy places. And, mm -hmm. you know, so there was that, but the, on the other hand, there's another side of it where I realized that I missed talking to doctors and I had been kind of really isolated. And so it was this, this side of it that was like, oh, wow, I really enjoy talking to the doctors here. And that kind of helped me to start talking more about my, my own real experiences as mm -hmm. I went through, cause I didn't, you know, I talk about burnout a little bit, but I never really talked about like the real experiences. Like the first time I met when, when I got out of my residency and I got a job and the first person I met said to me, Hey, you'll never make a living here. <laughs> no. Awesome. Great. <laughs> awesome. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I proved him wrong, but it's, it's <laughs> that, it's that sort of, um, animosity that doctors, you know, are up against yeah. that, that, the, the, the system doesn't ever tell you that, that your biggest enemies are going to be other doctors. Yeah. Uh, and it's frustrating for somebody like me who doesn't follow social cues. I don't get them. I never understood politics. And so, you know, I was just like, what you see is what you get. Yeah. And I never played the game at all. Oh, <laughs> how'd that go for you? <laughs> well, I'm, I had to, I, I mean, I'm unemployable. <laughs> Okay, so how did it feel those days after you walked away from your multi-million dollar career or surgical uh, career? You know, it, that was it was such a big relief to not have to worry about it anymore, having to get up in the middle of the night. I mean, all I wanted by that time was to sleep through the night. Yeah. And so I'm heading up on three years of that luxury, and it's pretty nice, I, I have mm. to say. It's not all doctors get to do that. That is true. Yeah. You focused a little bit on menopause, as I talked about in the bio and yeah. the personal transformation and behavior change. Um, can you just share a little bit for the audience about that journey? Yeah. So when I, when menopause hit me and it was probably 10 years ago now, I, I started looking at it. I was, I, I did not understand what was happening to me and I'm a doctor. I'm highly educated. I understand a lot of things mm -hmm. and I did a Google search. I was looking for, it might've been, maybe it was eight years. I don't know, but I did a Google search. I was looking for some menopause help. And the only thing that came up was scholarly articles, which are great. I mean, I can read them and understand them, but I was like, well, where is the course for the layperson? Yeah. How do you manage menopause? 
and I couldn't find it. And so I saw an opportunity because I was like, well, I can educate myself and I can also educate other people. And as I built that course, it's called the Minnow System and it will be on uh, for sale on my website soon. It's We're just rebranding it and it's just gonna be a standalone. I had started it as a coaching program, but it's, a, it's really good as standalone. And so people can just take it and do it at their leisure. But it talks about, you know, how to how to eat, mm. um, you know, what what's going yeah. on with your hormones, the best exercises because women in menopause want to lose weight. Everybody gains weight and they just want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there's like a bonus about sexuality. But the thing that the thing that I found that made the biggest difference for me was how to think. Mm. And so there's a module in there on on how to get your mind to be a happy place. Mm. And as I went through that. Um, I focused on that in my coaching and women felt like it was a bait and switch. Like, like, you know, I'm here for menopause help. And now you're just talking about mindset. And at the end of the day, mindset is truly everything. If you can't make your mind a happy place, you live your whole life in your minds. We, everyone lives our, our lives in our minds. And if you think about it, everything comes in through your eyes, gets filtered through your mind. All the meaning gets established there based on mm. the, the life you've lived in the past, what you think mm. of the future, the stories that you create around it. And so that I think is the most important thing, but it just became, it was just that I kept attracting women who wanted to complain. And I, I was like, no, this isn't for me. <laughs> And they just wanted to, they just wanted to end their menopause. And, and the problem is that you can't, there's no, no, there's no (laughs) balancing of hormones in menopause. It's not possible because you're losing your hormones. You're, you have to get to a place where you understand that you just don't have estrogen anymore. You don't have progesterone anymore. You don't have testosterone anymore. And yeah, you can supplement it, but you know, there's, there's a cost to that. And so at the end of the day, menopause is this really amazing time for us to really take a pause Mm -hmm. and look at our lives and decide what it is we really want. Yeah. And that's, that's how I view menopause now. And that's how I talk about it. Yeah. I know so many people that suffered so through it and, you know, that were, it just like was all encompassing for them. And I found it that I just figured it was what it was. And then I'm just going to get, you know, get through it. And and actually didn't last very long. I was very happy. Yeah. That's lucky. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not diminishing the fact that some women do have serious mental health problems during menopause and need hormone replacement or hormone supplementation. But at the same time, I mean, we are going to age, you know, that's just part of the human condition. It doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't make it any, you know, it's, it's not sugarcoating it. We can't sugarcoat it. We have, you know, part of being alive is just messy and ugly. And, and because of the way the media portrays women, as we age, we're, we're, it's not glamorous to age. It's not, it's not sexy to age. You know, the media wants 20 somethings forever and it's not realistic. Just age gracefully. I mean, what is aging gracefully? It's just like, listen, menopause is the privilege of a long life. If you go through menopause, that means you're still alive. That's a good way to look at it. That's for sure. (laughs) So what are the top two to three things that you hope this new podcast is going to do for women? Well, it's not just for women, actually. It's It's for anyone who has suffered burnout. 
I've the podcast has been on hiatus. I actually have the first recording uh, coming up on Monday, so I'll be releasing it not next week but the week after. But I've been on hiatus since August, and the last seven episodes were a a memoir, and I was really talking about how I overcame so much trauma and adversity, and I made it through. Uh, I don't know through my toddler years up until I almost did my teenage years. And I kind of stopped because it, it's just, it was a lot for me. It was, it was hard. Yeah. And I can always go back to the memoir series, but every time, every time I interview somebody, it's somebody who's overcome adversity has relaunched themselves. Yeah. And when you look at people who are successful in this world, it's people who are willing to pivot mm-hmm. and find opportunities in the pivot. And I actually, here's a, here's a really good example of a, of a pivoting in the moment yesterday, I, I got a delivery of meat and my, and my freezer was really full. And this one bag kept falling out. I had no idea what it was. It wasn't marked. And I took it and put it in the fridge. I said, I'm going to cook this. I don't know what the hell it is, but I'll cook <laughs> it and figure it out. Right. It wasn't marked. So, and I thought it was like beef stew meat. So I got mm-hmm. a recipe. I have an instant pot. I got a recipe. And I was going to do a beef stew. And I thought, well, let me just render down this. There's some fat on it. Let me render down the fat. And as soon as I started rendering the fat, it was like, oh, this is pork. I got to do something different because I don't want a chili. I don't want a beef stew. I don't want a, you know, a pork stew. And um, I just immediately changed it to pernil. But that's that's an example of pivoting in the moment. Like, like when life throws you a curveball, are you going to sit and you know, yeah. stew about, um, oh, woe is me, the curveball mm-hmm. has come, or are you going to actually adjust your stance and take a swing? Yeah. And be able to also laugh at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You pork. almost had porks too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, it's all over my hands. I smell it. <laughs> so how difficult is it for the high achieving professionals um, who are feeling burnout to realize that they need to make a change and to act, you know, or, and not wallow. Yeah. So, so burnout is insidious and it, it, it goes hand in hand with depression. And, you know, I can only really talk about my personal experience with it. And it, it wasn't until I had suicidal ideation that I realized something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, we don't know that we're impaired until something goes wrong. Yeah. And so there are a few telltale signs that come with burnout. And one of the first ones is loss of empathy. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling like, you know, you don't, if, if, especially if you're a doctor or a nurse or, you know, working in the healthcare field and you're not really caring about your patient's outcomes or your patients, then most likely you're, yeah. you're suffering from some burnout. The problem is, is that, burnout doesn't necessarily come from overwork. It comes from lack of appreciation or lack mm-hmm. of meaningful work. And so when, when we go to work as doctors and there's six administrators for each of us and we're get, we get blamed for the cost of healthcare being so much, but it really mm-hmm. isn't the doctors. It is the mm-hmm. fact that corporate medicine has thrown in so much middle management uh, that that the doctors don't really have any autonomy anymore. Mm-hmm. Add that, add to that the fact that we have to fight with insurance companies just to take care of our patients. Mm-hmm. It's just a recipe for burnout. For sure. Knowing um, what I've gone through with my mom and all her doctors and things that um, 
I'm like you, I hate whenever there's a hospital stay. Yeah. Especially when I have six doctors that are all dealing with her and none of them are really talking to each other. They don't talk to each other. It's, it's very mm -hmm. frustrating. It is really, really frustrating, you know, watching this with my son and all the, all the things and, and because he had a, an adverse outcome, they went searching for zebras on him and yeah. they found a couple and they're not even valid zebras. And so it, it's, it's frustrating for me because, you know, things happen. I mean, he had a bad, yeah. bad outcome, but that doesn't mean that he, that there's anything wrong with him. And right. you know, that the, that's the problem is that because of the litigious nature of our society, <laughs> if something happens that, that we don't really control, we, we try to blame the victim. Yeah. My mom, she, they're always saying, well, it's in her mind, you mm. know, that kind of thing. So we're getting close to the end. This has flown by you. have been so very interesting in everything that you're talking about and something that all need to hear, especially these past two years. Yeah. Um, but what do you wish you would have known that first day you got that first job? You walked in and you, what, wow. what do you wish you would have known? When I, when I went into my, my first job, as a yeah, before surgeon. you met that guy that was a jerk. <laughs> um, well, there's a couple things uh, back then. I, I wish I would have known that I didn't have to participate with insurance companies. Um, and because it's it's all a lie, mm. it's just a lie. Um, and I wish, I wish I had known how to navigate politics. Yeah, I did not it know do that yeah and and i think that's something that even people like that for me in the corporate world that was um a realization that came hard yeah yeah people you know most of the time so for me somebody like me i mean i'm a little bit autistic and and so for, for me i don't i don't really get all the social cues and i finally realized that and what happens is that something happens there's like event mm -hmm. and then there's outcome and i just like oh this happened and it's just like okay right mm -hmm. and then i'll go and talk to people about it and then this person wants to spin it this way for them and and that's where i get lost because yeah. i i just don't know how to play that game yeah i'm a, okay. i'm a WYSIWYG person <laughs> just see is what you get yeah awesome well, it is time now for us to share my screen. Oh, I'm sorry. No, not yet. I have some self, some rapid fires. Uh, okay. We have time for a few instead of five. We're going to just do three. So what do you do now for you, Dr. Gordon, for self-care? Uh, my self-care is, is uh, eating right. I actually, I actually have a, a scale, a one to 10 scale for four uh, aspects of life that I, that I measure every day. It's, did I eat well? Did I sleep well, did I, um, do, did I do exercise? Did I take care of my body? Mm -hmm. And did I have spirituality? Those okay. are, you know, so where am I on those kind of out of a 10, out of one out of 10? It's been hard recently because like when somebody you love is in the hospital, everything else yeah. kind of falls. Yeah. The eat well is really flies out the window when you're in the hospital. So 
who, who do you think of as your ideal client that um, would most benefit from working with you? The, the people who work the best with me are people who know that they're exhausted, know that they're burned out and want to change. And so what do you wish now that your son is hopefully on the road to recovery? What do you wish to accomplish this year? This year? Uh, this year I want to build out, well, I want to speak at like three medical conferences. Perfect. And I want to develop a curriculum for burnout that I can take to residencies. Oh, that's awesome. So that we can start teaching our, our medical, the medical, and maybe even medical schools so that we can start teaching the people in medicine how to start to recognize burnout before it happens so it stops being such an epidemic. You might want to really mess us up. You might also want to talk with teachers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm more than willing to talk to teachers if they're willing to spend the money to uh, yeah. to come and work with me. Yeah, they uh, I have a family of teachers, and uh, there is burnout big time. Yeah, especially after the past two years. Yeah, yeah. So COVID, now, COVID is pro a problem for all of us. It should, you know, I look at it as a double-edged sword. I do think that there were blessings that came out of COVID. I think we all needed to slow down. Yep. And reevaluate and um, learn to appreciate life and the friends in our communities because there's no guarantee. Yeah. All right. I'm going to share my screen now. So those of you that are just listening, if you would go grab that paper and pencil or pen so that I can give you Dr. Gordon's email, or I'm sorry, her website. They can email me too. Yeah. Dr. G at drmichellegordon.com. As you see, we have the website is drmichellegordon.com. Again, that's HTTP. Is there an S or no? Yes, there's an S. There is an S. I'll fix that. HTTPS www.drmichellegordon.com. Again, drmichellegordon.com. She's on Facebook at Dr. M. Gordon. Twitter is Michelle Gordon. LinkedIn. Michelle E. Gordon. I'm sorry, there is an E there, Michelle yeah. E. Gordon. And all of this will be available on my website as well as YouTube. Um, so you can grab it from there as well. For LinkedIn, she is Dr. Michelle Gordon. And um, just share a little bit what they went find on your website. Uh, my website is, my podcast is there, uh, mm -hmm. drmichellegordon.com forward slash podcast. Um, and so there's a whole bunch of menopause help there if you want to go and, and look back uh, the first maybe 140 episodes or so. And uh, the last few are really on, you know, relaunching your life. And, and that's the last maybe 15 are on that. And that's probably the, it, it, the podcast is what's there. And then if you want to sign up for my newsletter, I publish the best fucking newsletter for midlife professionals. Awesome. And... Just as a reminder, that web that podcast is Launch Your Life. Yeah. So is that available on uh, YouTube, Spotify, all those other yep. fun things? Everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. Awesome. So it has been just wonderful talking with you. I, I truly think that this is a subject that is not going to go away. You know, it is a topic that I think that 
we from time to time do need to talk about people, um, especially high achieving professionals tend to just ignore it. Yes. And it doesn't get better by ignoring it for sure. We got to talk about it. Yeah. So thanks for being a wonderful guest today. And as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.